Welcome to Story Chats at Inspire Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. Molly Rushmeyer is back with us today to talk about her newest book, The Lost Manuscript. So I'm going to go ahead and read your bio, even though you were here recently, I'm going to do it anyway. Sure. So, um, and everybody, I will draw attention to Molly's cat there over her shoulder. <laughs> yes, there he is, bathing. He's grooming. And Cooney <laughs> is also with us, so. <laughs> and what's your cat's name, Molly? What's your cat's name? He has a very proper name. His name is Brooks. Brooks, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yes, it's the name he came with. And my daughters liked it. I was like, should we change his name? It sounds so formal for a cat, but they loved it. So <laughs> he's Brooks. Brooks. I love it. I love it. So Molly Rushmeyer writes contemporary fiction with a heart for history. What does this mean exactly? She loves to write inspirational fiction in contemporary settings with fascinating historical elements, people, objects, and stories woven throughout. A modern girl herself, she wouldn't want to go a day without modern plumbing and central air, but she's always felt a special connection to the past. The legacies and lives left behind are like gifts waiting to be unwrapped, and she plans to share this blend of history and contemporary living with readers. A born and bred Midwestern gal, Molly Rushmeyer makes her home in Minnesota with her husband and two spunky, beautiful daughters. She's not only a bibliophile, the dustier the better. She's a true Anglophile at heart. Tea and coffee fuel her travels by Google Maps, at least, and her passion for the written words. So thank you, Molly, for coming. Well, right. thank you for having me back. I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I was here for my first <laughs> book. So yeah. this is wild to be back and be talking about a second book already. <laughs> well, and um, there's a perfect segue. You can just tell us a little bit about The Lost Manuscript. Sure. So The Lost Manuscript is set in a place that is very near and dear to my heart, um, Annick, England. And as my bio um, suggests, I am definitely an Anglophile. And so I knew that I had always wanted to set a book um, in England and more specifically in Annick um, because because that is a place that I actually went to um, and studied abroad while I was in college. And so the story is um, sort of an atypical romance um, where it is an estranged married couple at the beginning of the story um, who must come together to work towards finding this lost illuminated medieval manuscript that her grandmother went missing um, while she was looking for it. And so they are, as much as they're looking to, you know, find this priceless manuscript, they're really trying to find these or follow these clues um, so that they can figure out what happened to her grandmother. All right, Narelle, your question is first. It is. So I really enjoyed reading this book and I especially love the um, English setting. It was very cool. And the mystery plot in the story with uh, with all the historical roots that go along with that. I mean, I'm a big fan of reading historical fiction. So if we have any listeners mm -hmm. that like reading historicals, definitely put this book on your TBR because it gives you the contemporary and the historical all mixed up in one, which is lovely. So um, we've got Ellie's grandma searching <laughs> for the lost manuscript and now her grandma's missing in England and there's lots of Happening with the mystery. So what was your inspiration for writing a contemporary romance that really has quite a strong historical mystery element in the story? You know, I've always loved history as well. And maybe someday I will write a historical. I don't know. But there's something 
that I love about being in a contemporary setting and just even in my own life, learning about the past and how things were done, learning about the art and, you know, even the wars that happened and, you know, all the different things that came before us and just learning from that. And it's just always been a passion of mine. I really love medieval history as well. Um, while I was in England, I actually took a couple of medieval history um, classes. And so that kind of sparked something for me as well, just wanting to dive into that part of, um, you know, the history in England. And um, we actually had a chance to go to Lindisfarne, which is something that is talked about in the yeah. book, um, the Lindisfarne Gospels, which are illuminated Gospels, which for those who don't know, that's um, when they used to paint uh, and actually hand scribe um, texts. And usually they were religious texts. Um, and then they would illuminate, they say, um, the these beautiful pictures uh, with brilliant colors. And they would call them illuminated because they would use things like gold and silver. Um, so they would literally shine. And so that was just something that I came across um, too, as I was reading um, some different things. And I just thought, wow, you know, that would be such a cool background for this story. Um, because I do love medieval history. And I have been to Lindisfarne and, you know, these different connections and that, you know, that would just be a really neat thing to include in the story. Yeah, I really love that. And you could tell that authenticity of the setting really came through for me in the story. So I very much appreciated that. Wonderful. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> concept of the limit illuminated can't even say that <laughs> it's a tough one isn't it <laughs> asked to write harder to say uh yeah that whole concept of the illuminated manuscript was was interesting because i didn't i didn't know that much about medieval texts you know how, how they did right. i knew they'd been handwritten for many years obviously um yes. but uh, hadn't thought much about the um decorative aspects of it I guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and there's some really beautiful ones out there I wish the one that I wrote about was real but there are some real ones out <laughs> oh, there that are now spoiler <laughs> alert people <laughs> <laughs> I know I wish right <laughs> but that's the beauty of fiction I can you know just mm. make it up as I go along <laughs> yes. but um but yeah there are some beautiful real ones out there as well and um I I just was really blown away by these pictures that they did so many years ago. We're talking about like the 800s here, you know, yeah. um, when people had started to do things like that. And so, um, yeah, I was just really inspired by that. You can, if you're interested, you can Google the Book of Kells and you'll get uh, some fabulous pictures and examples <laughs> of illustrated manuscripts that way. Um, or if How would you... you how if you, you ever go to Dublin, you can see it at Trinity mm -hmm. College. K-E-L-L-S, the Book of Kells. Um, yes. Fantastic. yes. Yep. <laughs> that's that's the, what I pictured every, while right. I was reading so a page yes. out of that. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, you can also Google the Lindisfarne Gospels because those are real as well. Oh, cool. And I talk about those in this story. Yeah. Um, mm. But the Lindisfarne, so it's L-I-N-D-I-S-F-A-R. N E not quite as easy to spell, unfortunately, <laughs> but I bet if you start typing that into Google, it'll get it for you. Yeah. The Lindisfarne yeah. Gospels. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Valerie. So Ellie and Alex, they start the story as quite broken people. <laughs> 
each yes. of them feeling alone in a world that doesn't care about them. Uh, and because mm -hmm. it's an estranged marriage situation, they also um, don't feel the other person cares about them. They both feel betrayed, not only by each other, but by the loss of other re vital relationships by death or distance. Can yeah. we talk a bit about how you built these backstories and how that how that came to play? Sure, sure. Um, and are you just asking like how I kind of came up with those ideas or um, what would you like or me how, to speak? However, however your brain interprets that question, just uh, okay. take it and run for a few minutes. Yeah, well, I think when I started this out, I definitely knew that I wanted to have um, a non-traditional love story with a married couple. Um, I wanted to tap into, you know, some real places of hurt that I think many people have gone through in their relationships. This might be an extreme um, case, you know, certainly, but right, right. But, you know, just really speak to that area where like, you know, we've all been in whatever relationships we might have, like it might be a spouse, it might be a friendship or a parent that, you know, we've really felt unheard and we felt like, um, like we couldn't share something that we wanted to share with that person. Maybe we feared their reaction. Maybe we hoped for a certain reaction, but we knew we weren't going to get it. So why bother telling them, you know, or we feared a different kind of reaction. Like, you know, maybe they'd be upset with us. And so we just don't want to even go there and, and tell them the truth of really how we're feeling or something that maybe has happened in our life. And so I think I just really wanted to get real with people about relationships and how hard they are. Um, but really through the story showing that while it might be painful, we do need to be truthful with the people that we care about. Um, how can a person possibly support us or get to a place where they can support us if we don't tell them the truth about ourselves, about how we're feeling, about things that have happened in our lives? And so that was um, kind of the essence of like what I wanted to share with those two characters and, you know, them learning about how to be in this relationship together more successfully, more truthfully, um, more selflessly. They really have a lot to learn at the beginning of the book, but I think we all do. We all have a lot to learn in our own lives and relationships. So um, I guess I just wanted to take us through that whole um, scenario of like, how do these people, how could they possibly come back together? You know, at the beginning of the story, you might think like how there's no way these two people can end up back together. But, you know, they it takes a lot of forgiveness and time to work through all the things that they've gone through to come to a place um, where they can move forward with their marriage. Um, so I guess that was kind of the inspiration. Um, and as far as, you know, the kind of different backstories that, that they had, I think I just knew that I needed things where, the two characters um, had both lost. And I think that, was it you, Valerie, that had said that part as part of the question where, you know, they both have gone through so many different losses, but like, how can you still move forward um, and know that God still loves you 
even if bad things have happened, even if you have experienced losses, that, that doesn't mean he doesn't love and care for you. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that was kind of like my process of, of, you know, deciding on those different things. Yeah. Cause uh, both of them, their, their family backgrounds and, mm -hmm. and stuff too. Mm. Um, strong. <laughs> strong yes. Back there. Yeah. So. Yes. So you, you kind of answered my questions. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, that's what happens no, when okay. I ramble. It's good because I'm going to, um, you said at the start uh, of answering Valerie's questions that, that you knew that you wanted a non-traditional couple. So yes, why? Why? <laughs> Let's talk about question. that. Why, what, uh, what was exciting to you about that prospect or um, why? You know, on a personal writer level, I like to challenge myself. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> people have been like, really? Why? You know, they're <laughs> like, those are hard to do. Are you sure you want to do a married couple? And, you know, I think I just, I dug my feet in and I was like, yeah, I really do. I like to challenge myself as a writer, but not only that, I think I just really want to write something for the person who maybe reads a regular romance where they meet on page one with their meet cued and not that those stories aren't amazing. I, I write those kinds of stories too, but you know, for the person who maybe just doesn't really see themselves in that type of relationship or that kind of situation to be able to say, well, you know what, you can still have a love story, even if somebody is married and maybe they're just going through a really tough time right now. And so I think I just was like, you know what, I'm going to do something a little bit different than, you know, the average meet cute here. And I'm going to do a married couple and, you know, just have them kind of work on their relationship. They're completely mm. estranged at the beginning. Yeah, for yeah exactly. Watchers <laughs> and listeners. Yes. And they've been apart now for how long at the beginning of the story? Okay, so I think it's been like 10 months, if I remember right. I yeah. changed that so many different times just with <laughs> editing. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm You're really new. sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but I want to say it's been like 10 months um, of him living abroad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I actually don't, it wouldn't be the same story if it wasn't a married couple romance. Like, Right. When you get to the end of the book and you look at what happens, how, all right, how do I say this without spoilers? What <laughs> happens at the end is like the full circle from where they started at the beginning. So you get that completion of the journey. So there's certain, and how the faith arc in the story ties into that is just beautiful. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I can be a hard sell on married couple romance. I don't always like it. So just so you've done very well because I do really love this story. Um, but I really, I really appreciated how you went to all those really, um, those sort of deep dark places where the, where people don't necessarily want to go there it's just there's too much hurt there's too much trauma there's too much pain that you're prepared to actually go there and and really push the characters um to deal with the 
all the baggage they have and also how does God fit into this? And I love the faith um, element in the story. And it wasn't a lot of books you read, the faith elements very subtle and very and very sort of under the radar, whereas in this book it was very much on the page oh. and I appreciated how that fitted in also with the historical stuff that came in. So you won and, me with this book. Yeah. <laughs> In addition, like I feel like often my experience with married couple romance is that sometimes it feels as though the faith parts are trite, um, almost, yeah, almost like the just pray and then it'll all be fine kind of thing. And you didn't do that, which mm-hmm. I I really appreciated yeah. um, as as well because um, I'm not generally a huge fan of married romance. I I did like mm-hmm. this one. Um, but a lot of that is because you go into, to me, it's like the worst thing in the world to think of a marriage crumbling like that, just that destroys my heart. Um, and so to go there, to me, it's like, you can't have a light faith arc and you can't just, <laughs> oh, well now we'll go to church and it'll all be fine. Yeah. Like, because it's, to, you have to do more than that because in, in the real world, <laughs> <laughs> and I get that fiction is not the real world, but in if you're going to do restoring a marriage, eliminate. yeah, if, if you're going to restore a marriage, you need to, you need to be in the real world so that people who read it, who are in the midst of a broken relationship, don't go, wow, if only I prayed better, maybe it would work for me too, because right. that's certainly not what we want people to walk away from our books and think. Yeah. Um, While prayer is important. Yes. No, absolutely. I'm not saying don't pray. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing with fiction, right? We we take some reality and often pull it to an extreme to illustrate a point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So the, the hard places, you hope that most of our readers haven't been to quite as negative a place as what yeah. some of our characters might have, although others have dived much deeper into hard things. But for the average mm-hmm. reader, um, still, hopefully, they can find their their hope. Yeah. 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 Right. I think that you know, um, just to have that character arc, I needed to go to some of those darker places yeah. and mm-hmm. have them really feel that rawness of you know where they're at and I think that it's good to show in fiction that we all struggle and wrestle with God in certain areas that doesn't make us bad it doesn't make us not Christians or that we don't love God but we might struggle on certain points and want to know what does this mean And so, yeah, I really wanted to go there. And like you said, not have the, you know, sort of perfect Christian character that already has it all together. And, you know, yeah, we're just going to pray about it. And we know that that's, you know, going to solve everything. And yes, Valerie, like prayer is absolutely very important, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's, there's more to it than that. Um, And certainly in this story, there's a lot more that needs to um, happen in order for these two to come back together and also to heal their relationship, not just with each other, but with God as well. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. it, it almost, I mean, and it is again in real life, you know, you made it very clear. I felt like healing their relationship with God was sort of the first step 
toward being able to heal their relationship with one another, which, which is so true in life. You know, you, you do need your own walk with Jesus to be in a good place. If you're going to be able to then Mm -hmm. live like Jesus wants us to in our relationships with one another. That's so true. You know, it really does start with that relationship with God. Um, You can't look to another human, another person, whether they're your spouse or whatever, to heal you or make you whole as a person. That's just never going to work. (laughs) And so (laughs) you're absolutely right. Like they needed to, um, you know, heal that relationship with God before they could really hope to heal the relationship they have with each other. Yeah. Cool. Well, what is next for you? Well, I am kind of working on a lot of different things right now. (laughs) Um, And so like I am working on a contemporary romance and yes, there's a meet cute. (laughs) Um, So working on um, some sample chapters and a proposal for that. And then I'm also pitching a couple of ideas that are a little bit more, uh, I would guess, kind of like closer related to my first two books that um, have some of those deeper issues. There is a romance in it. Um, and a little bit of that historical thread that I like to do. And so I'm working on a couple of ideas for that as well. We are still kind of looking for a home, a publisher for those ideas. Um, that's just how publishing goes. It's kind (laughs) of, uh, a long process, um, to do all that, but yeah, so I'm just, keeping very busy writing. (laughs) Excellent. That's great. That's fantastic. Well, hopefully they will find homes and uh, then make their way to our, to our hands. I sure hope so. Always appreciated. (laughs) Excellent. Um, If people want to keep up with that, do you have a newsletter on your website that they can sign up for? I do. Yes. So it's um, www.mall. M O L L I E J Rushmeyer, and that's just how it sounds R U S H M E Y E R.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, and I do keep people kind of posted about, like, you know, what's going on in my writer's world, you know, any upcoming um, releases or contracts or sales on my current books. Um, but we also do some fun things as well. Um, I do a tea and book pairing, which is really fun to do, and everybody Ooh. seems like that. So I kind of like take a book from my to be read pile or something I'm currently reading. And then I match it up to a tea that I think would go well with it. Um, just kind of taps into my love of all things English. So <laughs> all right. Well, then we have to we have to know before we close out what tea should we drink when we read the last manuscript? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't have like a very specific flavor in mind <laughs> other than like, I would suggest like a very English tea, like an Earl Grey would be great. A Lady Grey, if you like a little bit mm-hmm. lighter, um, more citrus flavor or something like that, because of course it's set in England. So you want a very good English tea. <laughs> well, I was drinking English breakfast. It's my Twining's English breakfast. Extra yes, strong. That's is a my good go-to. one too. Yes. I yes. drink my English tea when I read these books. <laughs> my friend who oh, grew that's up such in a good England idea. 
would say that it would be PG tips because that is her go-to for tea at all oh, times. But, yes. um, but I like Earl Grey a lot. So I, I will, I'll do that. Yeah. Plus then I can the only Patrick reason Stewart. I don't <laughs> I can say tea, <laughs> Earl Grey, hot. Um, that's a Star Trek thing if for the non-nerdy <laughs> among you. Yeah. No, my husband watches that and I have watched it as well. So yeah, no, I totally get it. Um, and the only reason I don't say English breakfast. Okay. So here's my thing about certain teas. I think that I've just developed, maybe I'm just like very, I've spoiled myself too much on flavored <laughs> teas. Like when I go back to just like a straight up English breakfast, I'm like, oh, it feels like it's missing something. Like I need a, a something in it. So that's why I like, I do tend to go towards more of like the Earl Grey or something with, you know, just like an added flavor to it. But yes, if you want to do like the straight up, yeah, probably the English would say, you know, um, just a straight up tea. That's probably going to be your best bet. <laughs> you would love visiting my house. I would probably have a best 30 different tea varieties in my cupboard excellent I love different <laughs> okay and I mean yes and I when I read English books I don't drink French Earl Grey tea when I um which I do like when mm -hmm. I read English books because it's wrong I do I do this I just worked out I do do my weird pairing of books with tea as well I just do that as a reader so I read my English breakfast if I read an Irish book, I'd be yes. reading, uh, drinking yeah. Irish breakfast. Irish breakfast yes. Oh, sure. Absolutely. That's yeah. That's all I can say. Valerie's like, I just want water. Thank you. Oh. I, I love my, my tea. I do most of my reading in the hour before bed. So definitely a caffeinated anything yeah. is bad. Out. Yeah. And yeah. That makes sense. Also probably not the best idea. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> thank you molly for hanging out with us again uh we oh, really thank enjoyed you having so much you for back. having yeah. me and yes, um, it was so fun thank you for having me thank you please everyone stop by the youtube channel or the facebook page and let us know what you thought have you read the lost manuscript are you going to um you should so uh we would love to hear <laughs> from you you can leave us a comment uh, while you're there on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye. 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 Bye, everyone. <laughs>